When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. I'm your host, Chris Salem. We're going to have a great show today. We have Bob Berg from The Go-Giver with us today. And before we uh, go over a little bit about the topic and introduce Bob, I do want to let everybody know again, you can find us on the Voice America Influencer Channel and then also our Facebook page, Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Even though it's not 2017 anymore, that is the Facebook page. So there you're going to find a lot of on-demand versions of some great guests that we've uh, featured in the past. You'll have a wealth of content and information that you could use in your business with your personal life and take it to another level. So today we're going to be uh, discussing the, the topic of the go-giver way to sustainable success. And as we know that sustainable success is about providing the value at the highest level. And when we're able to do that, we could achieve extraordinary results as a result of it. So today we're going to be learning the go-giver way to sustainable success. And before I introduce Bob, I'd like to give a background about who he is. Bob is a sought-after speaker at a company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann itself, has sold over 700,000 copies and has been translated into 21 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series, The Go-Giver Influencer, is scheduled to be released on April 10th. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. Love it. He also is uh, also is an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his town of Jupiter, Florida. Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Bob Berg to the show. Bob, how are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me with you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And, you know, I love the go-giver. And, you know, Thank I felt this, this goes... Really, you know, it relates so well with the sustainable success theme. And I thought, you know, this would be a great way to kind of, uh, you know, pair the two together and and talk about some information from the book that could shed some valuable insight for the listeners. So I wanted to, before we started, you know, just to kind of give those people that for any reason are not familiar with the book, what is the premise of the book itself? Sure. And it's a a, a business parable. So it's a short story that was... um uh, co-authored with John David Mann, who was really the lead writer and storyteller. I'm, I'm much more a, a uh, step one, step two, <laughs> step three, how-to person. John's <laughs> a great uh, author, so it was a good collaboration. Uh, and the, the basic premise, Chris, is simply that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, uh, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that doing so is is not only a, a pleasant way of conducting business, it happens to be the most financially successful way as well. And there's 
nothing about that that is, um, you know, woo-woo or, or, or mystical or magical or anything. It, it makes sense when you think about it because in the, the basically free market economy in which we work, and most of us as, as entrepreneurs, in your case, prosperous entrepreneurs and, and, and people who are in sales, most of us, the only reason someone's going to buy from us, uh, well, let's put it this way, they're not going to buy from us because we have a quota to meet. Yeah, uh, they're not going to buy from us because we need the money. And hey, they're not going to buy from us just because we're a really nice person who believes in what we're doing and would like to help. They're going to buy from us because only because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason why they they should buy from us. You know, when we talk about a free market, we simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. And so what this really means, Chris, is that it becomes incumbent upon the salesperson to put their focus on the right place, and that is on this other person, discovering that person's needs, that person's wants, that person's desires. And when we place that focus on them, we're much more likely to be able to build that trust, which is going to result in a sale. Absolutely. And that's where you talked about exceptional value, because you have to be able to determine whatever their wants and needs are, and at an emotional level, because sometimes they may say something, but it not necessarily would be the truth. There could be something else behind that, that you're able to identify and to provide that value. So, Bob, what would be, you know, a quick review of what would be the five laws you and John share in the book? Sure. The, the five of them are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And the first one, the law of value, which you just referred to, is really the foundational principle. It's not that any of them are any more or any less important than the others, but the law of value is the one in which things are built upon, right? The foundation. And the, the law of value itself simply says that your true worth in the business sense, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear this, it's sort of counterintuitive. It even sounds a little counterproductive when you think about it. I mean, give more in value than I take in payment. Uh, it sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy, right? <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you survive in business? Never mind thrive when you're giving more in value than you take in payment. Sounds like some sort of you know nicey nice way to put yourself right out of business. But of course, it's not. And so, what we what we simply need to understand is the difference between price and value. And, and this is key. Uh, price is a dollar amount. It's a dollar figure. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words. What is it about this thing, this pro- uh, product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly exchange their money in this case, or it could be their time or their energy or what have you, but their, their money for this value and feel great about it while you make a very healthy profit. And uh, it, you know, it, might, it could be something as simple to use an example of an accountant who maybe you, you hire to do your taxes, and this accountant charges you, just to name a round figure, $1,000. Well, that's his fee, or, or literally his price, $1,000 for this service. But what value is he really giving you in exchange that makes this so worthwhile for you? Well, yeah. through his, you know, his years of study 
somebody his time, his effort, his getting to know you, his getting to understand your business and what you're looking to accomplish uh, through the comfort level which he gives you, through all, everything together, he's able to save you $5,000 on your taxes. Uh, he also saves you countless hours of time. He also provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So again, we see here, first of all, that, that, that again, while, money, while uh, price is finite, value can be both concrete in terms of that $5,000 savings, but it can also be conceptual in terms of that, that peace of mind, which probably holds more value to most of us, right, than, than any amount of money. Um, so what he did is he gave you well over $5,000 in value or use value in exchange for $1,000 uh, price or cash value. He gave you more in value than he took in payment. So you feel fantastic about it. But he also made a very, very healthy profit, which he should. And this is really the essence of that free market-based exchange we referred to earlier. And that is that that both the, there are always two profits, right? The, the buyer and the seller both profit because they yep. both come away better off after the transaction than they were before the transaction. So there's more life for all, and uh, it, you know, it builds abundance for, for everyone. And that's really the, the law of value. Absolutely. I mean, and would you think that, like you said, like, you know, people are willing to pay more for something that's going to make them feel good. I mean, in terms of like, let's say an experience that you offer some type of service or product that creates a, a pleasurable experience for someone. Mm-hmm. And, and and obviously that could be expensive, but yet, you know, when somebody goes through that experience, it's it ends up being priceless to them. You know, it's something that really Absolutely. could change the quality of their life. So, that's where, like you were talking about, that equal exchange of value that, hey, there, it looks on the outside, the price is high, but yet the experience that that person's receiving is, you know, matches that, even though you're, if, you, if you were looking at the price itself, you sure. might have, you know, declined. You said, hey, it's too expensive. And well, instead of, yeah. Go ahead. Any, oh, go ahead. So what I was going to ask you, like, you know, when you look, when we go back to value, I mean, how does a person add value to others without, let's say, costing too much money? If we look at that end of it, because, you know, especially in such a competitive economic environment. Sure, that's a great question. And it's especially because of the competitive economic environment that we need to do that. You see, um, technology has really leveled off the playing field. I mean, you know, we we live in a time, uh, and, you know, it's fantastic. I mean, basically, Products work, you know. I mean, uh, I'm, I just turned sixty years old, and I remember, you know, back, back in the old days, right, where uh, I, I think we were one of the first families to have a, a color TV or something. I, I mean, it was that long ago, and I remember for, to, for the TV to work, and there were I think five stations, and and uh, uh, and and for it to work, there were these things called rabbit ears. And they were the, they were the two antennae, yep. and most of the time I was the rabbit ears because you had to hold them in a certain position. And you know the, what I'm saying is, by this time most TVs work and they work well and they're fairly inexpensive. And it's the same with with practically every other product and even most services. Uh, there can be you know little differences, but basically it is what it is. Well, the the downside of that is that because things have been so commoditized. It can be hard to distinguish yourself. I mean, why should someone yeah. do business with you at this price if they can get something else for a bit lower price? And let's face it, in in the mind of a consumer, 
if they see no significant difference between two or more products, it's always going to come down to who has the, the price. lowest price. And that's fine. That's their job as a consumer to do that. If Again, if there's no significant difference. Well, our job is to communicate that significant difference. And, you know, because otherwise you're, gonna, you're just going to have to play the low price game. And unless your last name is Walmart, trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is not a good way to do business. Uh, it's not sustainable, which is you know something you you talk about so well. Yeah. Um, it's and, and so when you when you try to sell on price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, you're a resource. So the question is, okay, Bob, that's fine. How do you if it's basically the same product or service and it? basically is, how do you communicate that additional value so that you can charge the higher prices and really give people more? Well, you become the value. You need to become that value. And, you know, Chris, there are probably hundreds of ways to communicate additional value, but they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. And those elements of value are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you can communicate one or more, hopefully all five of those elements of value at every single touch point with a person from the time you first meet them, um, whether it's online or in person or whether it's you or one of your team members, to the relationship building process, to the presentation process, through to the referral process, and all the way through, to the degree that you can communicate those elements of value, that is the degree you will take price and your competition right out of the picture. That is so true. And and what are some of those things that you feel, Bob? I mean, if like let's say if you're you, you have a couple items and they're they're the same type of product, right? And you know, two of them are right, you know, competitive in price, but the other one is higher, obviously in price. What would be something that person would have to do? I mean, just as an example, the kind of what would separate them? Why you should buy this product at the higher price because of of the value that it's going to provide you? Sure. Well, let's look at, at just one of those elements of value. We can look at as many of them as you'd like, but just just one of them. Um, uh, being uh, being excellence, and you know, certainly part of excellence is is being good at, at at what you're doing, and that's part of it. But the other part of excellence, which is probably even more important, is how you make that person feel during the entire process. Um, how are they greeted when they first call, or when they first come into the office, or when you first see them? Are they made to feel special? Are they made to feel welcome? Um, are their calls? Do you return your calls in a timely fashion and return your emails in a timely fashion? Uh, when you have to put people on hold, or someone from your office puts people on hold, do they do it in a way that is abrupt, or they do it in a way that that says to this person, "We value you," and and you know, would you mind holding a, a moment, please? I'll be right back with you. And then instead of click, it's just you know, gentle. Do they yeah. pick up the phone again after seventeen to twenty seconds to let this person know that you're still looking for the information, or you know, would you like to hold on? Would you like us to call you back, and so forth? Um, it's it's the way you answer people. You know, I, I one of my favorite examples of, of this is if you go to a, a Ritz-Carlton hotel and the when you're greeted by a guest contact employee, which at the, at the Ritz-Carlton is everyone who works there, they will never greet you by saying, hi, hey, or how you doing? It's always 
good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending upon the time of day. When you have a question or need their help, they will never just you know point or say it's over there or give you a quick answer. They will put down what they're doing and they will they take time with you. They'll walk you over to the place if that's what needs to be, what have you. They take that extra step to show you you're important. Now, when you say to them thank you, they will never say they'll never say uh, no problem. <laughs> they won't even say you're welcome. They'll say my pleasure. Everything about what they do in that in that experience with a guest uh, is special. Now, someone might say, well, wait a second, Bob, but that's high end. That's the Ritz-Carlton. I mean, they've got the training budget. They've got, well, here's the thing about this. Yeah. Any, any hotel, any motel, big, small, corporate uh, family, whatever, could do the same thing. Marriott, the Hyatt, the, the um, Westin, all fine, fine properties. Uh, they could do it, and some of them do, but not necessarily all the time. Gotcha. Uh, the Super 8 Hotel could do it. Motel 6, where uh, uh, Tom Bodette leaves the lights on for us, right? They could do it, too. And here's the thing. You know who else could? Dave and Mary and their team of three people at Dave and Mary's Stop and Stay Inn could do the same thing. Now, here's the thing. Someone might say, and they'd be correct, they would say, well, Bob, that's fine. But Dave and Mary and their small crew at, at the Stop and Stay Inn, they could say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and my pleasure till the cows come home. They're not going to take market share away from Ritz-Carlton. Of course they're not. But what they yeah. will do is they will own their targeted demographic, and they will take some market share from Motel 6 and maybe even Super yep. 8. And that's something we can all do. Wow. This is some great stuff. You're listening to Bob Berg. The go-giver way to sustainable success is our topic. We're going to be going to break, but we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses 
manage the problem, but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're here with Bob Berg uh, from The Go-Giver. And we're discussing the theme, The Go-Giver Way to Sustainable Success. Again, if you're just joining us, we were talking about a little bit about the premise of the book, the five laws that, uh, that Bob and John share in the book. And then talking about the concept of value versus price. So, Bob, I wanted to talk to you. There's a um, there's one line in the book that raised quite a few eyebrows. It's where you and John wrote, does it make money is not a bad question. It's a great question. It just had it's just a bad first question. First question right? I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when in the startup phase, might disagree with you. What would be uh, what what would these mean to you, and you can explain to the audience, right? And and we always appreciate that, and that always does raise eyebrows, and and you know, well, it should. I mean, because basically, an entrepreneur is thinking, well, hey, you know, I mean, this isn't fun and games, or well, it might be, it might be about a game, <laughs> but but you know, we need to make money with this. Well, here's the thing: let's go back to something we said earlier, and that is, no one's going to buy from you because you need the money. Right or because you want them to. They're buying for their own reasons. So if your first question when bringing something to market is, will it make money, which again, isn't a bad question. It's a great question because it does need to make money. But if you make that the first question, it's kind of like driving while looking in the rearview mirror, okay? It's, it, the priority isn't there because that's not what the prospective customer is thinking. The first question to ask is, will it serve? Uh, is there a market for this? Does this solve a problem, or does it, you know, bring someone joy? Does it does it do something that so, that people are going to want to buy this? Because that's the only way it's going to sell. So first, you've got to ask the question: Does it serve? Or another way to ask is: Is there a market for it either now, or is it one that there's a good chance that we could develop? Now, if that answer is yes, now you ask, will it make money? Because you can have the best product or service out there, and you can have a huge market for it, but if it doesn't make money, now what you've got is a, a time-consuming hobby. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with hobbies. We believe in them, but that's, we're not, that's not what we're talking about here. So, um, so yeah, you, you need to ask, will it make money? It just needs to be the second question, not the first question. And I think a lot of times, like you said, you know, startup companies get into that trap of making that the first question. And, you know, they have to be able to determine why, why are they do, why are they in the business in the first place? Why, what, what are they offering? 
and what value is it going to bring? And yes, can it make money? So this is all part of the uh, due diligence with that. Could you give like uh, like maybe an example or two, like where you know from that where, where that would be the case? I mean, let's say if we're looking at a startup. Uh, I would say you know look at any startup, right? Yeah. I mean, look at any any start. Take take anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, and it could have been that you know even if that person, even if their first question was was will it make money because that's what their whole thing was about at a certain point they had to they had to shift to thinking about the consumer first yep otherwise they were going to be in big trouble so it's not a matter of is there an example i would say it's every example um it just you know again you're not asking will it serve first because you're just being a nice guy you're, you're, although that's you know a great thing to be as well, <laughs> but you're you're doing it because it's it's actually it's good business. You know it, it's really interesting. Even Steve Jobs and and we you know people often think of Steve Jobs as someone who really didn't care about the cut. He just did it because he had a mission and he wanted to do this and he wanted to do that, and that's fine. And there, there's a big part of that that is is so. But even Steve Jobs, if you recall, one of his. I wouldn't say most famous quotes because it seems like few people actually do know this quote. But what he said was, um, you've got to start with the customer experience in mind and then work your way back to the technology. Now, mm-hmm. I guarantee you he cared more about the technology, okay, because I mean, that was his passion. Yeah. But he had to start with the customer experience. And there's not one of those products he developed without first thinking, is there a market for it? No, you're absolutely, you look at the iPhone and you you look at the, uh, you know, the iPad, the Apple Watch, absolutely, no question about it. So shifting gears here, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, you know, let's talk about mentorship. Uh, What is the best way to find a mentor? I mean, this is something that any entrepreneur or thought leader will have in their lifetime. You know, either they might have a, you know, a series of mentors or really one good mentor. Um, why, you know, what should uh, an up-and-comer uh, not do when trying to find one as well? So we'd like uh-huh. to find out what is the best way to find one and what they should not do to find one. Yeah, exactly. And, and mentorship is important. It's certainly a, a good mentor who is willing to to share their wisdom and experience and encouragement and all the great things that go along with it. They can cut your learning curve time by, by years as well as instill you with a feeling of self-confidence and, you know, knowledge that you're on the right track. It's wonderful. But I think what happens is, especially in today's very quick fix type of world, and not that this didn't happen, you know, back some time ago, too, but but people would maybe think, okay, well, okay, I'm just going to get a mentor. I'm just going to ask someone to be my mentor. Not Again, not that you can't do that, but it tends to not be as effective. Think about it, that you, you connect with someone. It could be online. It could be someone at work. It could be someone in your community, and you just – in this, there's no relationship there, and you say to this person, hey, uh, would you be my mentor? And it's sort of like – you know, saying to someone, hey, will you share with me 30 or 40 years of your experience, even though you don't know me from a hole in the wall? And there's a good chance it's going to come off to that person as though, 
you know, it's a bit presumptuous. Maybe there's some type of, of you know, um, unearned expectation uh, or something like that. So what I would do is I'd take a different approach. And it's not that you can't ask someone, but the way I'd ask is maybe a little different. So let's say you, you find someone who you would like to have as a mentor. And you approach them, and you know you let them know what you're doing. That you're you're young in your business career, you're beginning to do this, what, what have you. Uh, and I know you're very busy, so if time does not permit, I will totally understand. I'm wondering if I if I um, might be able to ask you one or two very specific questions. And when you do that, you, you've done a couple of things. One, you've placed the focus not on yourself but on them. You've let them know you respect the process, that it's not a feeling of you being entitled to anything, but that you're just respectfully asking them if you could ask them a couple of, of very specific questions. They also know that it will be specific as opposed to just, how did you become successful, you know, that sort of thing. And people are much more likely to say yes to that kind of request. And when they when they do, and they they and of course you want to make sure to ask them questions that you could not have easily found out for yourself just by doing some research. Nowadays, that you know, that's a crime to not research the person <laughs> first so thoroughly because it's so easy to do. And uh, and when they give you that advice, to of course you know you, you thank them, you let them know how much you appreciate it, and you look forward to uh, applying their advice, and that you'll you'll let them know how things have gone. Now, that very day, in fact, as soon as you hang up the phone or, or leave the meeting or whatever it happens to be, um, I, would, I would write and send a handwritten personalized note of thanks, just a short, brief note that, you know, that says, thank you. It was such a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I look forward to implementing your, you know, your advice and, and we'll keep you up to date with, with what's happening. Best regards, so forth. So, you know, put it in a number 10 envelope, uh, put a regular stamp on it, not a postage meter machine stamp, but a regular stamp and, and send it to them. Uh, not, you know, not an email, not a uh, text, uh, a handwritten note. The other thing I might suggest doing is, and again, you've researched them, you know what their charitable, favorite charitable cause is. Um, so what you want to do is, is make a small donation. It doesn't have to be anything big, but make a small donation in their name. Uh, that will get back to them. And you're not doing it to kiss up or anything, but what you're doing is just to, again, communicate that you respect the process. And that while you're uh, not in a position yes. to you know, do for them as they can do for you right now, you want to let them know you're taking that extra step to at least show that you're right. Or maybe they collect uh, you know, old books of you know, Greek mythology. So find a collector's edition and send it to them uh, you know, with a note or whatever. Now, you, you get back with them a few weeks later or a month and you let them know what's going on and you, you uh, ask them another question. Now, so what happens is eventually a mentor-protege relationship develops. Or maybe it doesn't, but it is a relationship. A mentor-protege relationship is just that. And it might grow like any great relationship, and it might not. It might be that that's not going to be your mentor, but that's a person who was there for some advice, you know, and you don't know. But, but that's how I would go about pursuing that kind of relationship. And that is always, you know, based on the people I've spoken with uh, and based on what I used to do, that that seems to, you know, to work to work out a lot better. Wow, that makes sense. And like you said, I mean, they're going to be in position to provide value to you. But I mean, if you're able to do, I know from 
some cases with mentors in the past, like I may help them with certain things if they mm-hmm. had an event, you know, yeah. I'd be maybe promoting the event, you know, doing something to kind of reciprocate Absolutely. the time they spent with me. And, and it showed that I was vested in their, their obviously their success exactly. or continued success uh, and appreciative of their time that they spent with me to provide this information so that that it definitely makes sense. And so, Bob, I mean, t- can you talk a, bit, a little bit about, I mean, your, your, any mentors that you had that really stood out, you know, for you? Yeah, you know, Chris, I was very lucky first in, in being born to a couple of great parents. So that, that I lucked out in that, in that case. So these are, these are two people who I could really, you know, learn from by, by watching them and, and so forth. Uh, as I got older, it, it seemed as though the people I needed seemed to be there at the right time. So when I, you know, when I, when I first got into sales, um, you know, one of, one of the sales managers that I had, and I had a couple that weren't good, but I had one that was, and he took me under his wing and he was there to be able to, to give me the advice I needed and work with me and show me, uh, direct me to the right, you know, teachings and the right places. I, I remember when I first became a speaker, there were, uh, and I went to my first National Speakers Association meeting. There were three or four people, I want to say five or six, and there were actually more than that, but there were probably two, three, four that, you know, really big name speakers who I reached out to, and they couldn't have been nicer. You know, they took they took time, and they, they let me know what I needed to do, and they needed, um, and, you know, I always, as you were talking about, I always tried to, in any way I could provide value to them. There were times I ended up referring them to, you know, organizations that when I wasn't able to speak there or, or to, to writing articles and magazines back in the day when I was first starting, we used to actually write articles in actual magazines and so forth. And so uh, it seemed like that was just always the, always the case for me. Now, there were, you know, again, I always went out of my way to, to somehow be useful to others, to make myself of value to others. And I think doing that created the environment where, um, you know, where that, where that happened. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I'm the same way. Like, I mean, I'm going to this, um, uh, well, I'm going to the city gala city summit next week in LA, and then I'll be at the global influence summit the week after. And, you know, there are going to be some people there and that, you know, I've helped out, I've, you know, from a terms of people I've either mentored or mm-hmm. they've mentored me. But like I said, it's always trying, you know, always giving back in some way that you could, you know, appreciate what they've done for you. And for me, it's always an ongoing thing because I'm always forever grateful for any advice or information that has helped me in my career. And and again, I always try to align myself with people that one maybe had shared an experience similar to mine that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from that perspective, you can you maybe just share, we have a few minutes till, till break, shed a little insight to, you know, when you're finding that mentor that, you know, maybe that maybe certain experiences that they've gone through might resonate with what, what you, who you are and where you're going, if that's a good approach to look at too. Um, in, in, in terms of? Well, in terms of where you're going with your, you know, with what you're trying to do in your business, whether if you're a, a speaker or you're a yeah. coach, you're, you're starting a business, you know, you look at Steve Jobs. I mean, the way he, certain things that he did, his experiences, would I model myself after Steve Jobs or would I model after somebody else to kind yeah. of determine... You know that's a great a great point to bring up, Chris, because there's there are a couple of things that that there are a couple of points here, because the information's important, 
but there's also a congruency with with values and style and mm. different things that may not necessarily be a fit. And, and again, you bring up a great point, and this is why you're such a great mentor to so many people because you know, for it to be sustainable, there has to be a congruency with values. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's so important, that congruency. And that's something I want to get into the next uh, uh, segment of the show on that. So, but yeah, it, it is so true. I mean, I look back, I've had a lot of people help me in my lifetime, but, you know, it was always the, you know, those people that, again, their values, their experiences, and obviously, you know, the, the, where I was where I was trying to go with my business, that they, you know, did things that were similar, mm-hmm. that I always found the best value in, in uh making that happen so absolutely yeah that's great and um so before we get to the we got about a minute a minute and a half before the break so could you do you want to shed a little insight before we get into some other questions for the break you know what are some of the things that you're going to be discussing um in the i don't know if it can be you could say it yet for for the go-giver influencer i know that's the uh the new parable that's Mm going to be coming out i just want to get maybe just a quick view for people to kind of get a grasp on yeah, and it's another business parable, so it's another story. And there were, in this one, there were two people who both want something that the other has. <laughs> and they're both trying to influence and persuade the other person, but without really understanding the other person's needs. And that is one of the, you know, uh, the, the biggest issues that we all have, again, whether it's with sales, whether it's with relationships, whether it's with anything, because we're, we're human beings and we're self-interested. And what we need to, to be able to do is not deny our self-interest. That's like denying being human. But we need to be able to set it aside in order to focus on the other. The key is that you're able to get the results you want when dealing with others, but in such a way that everyone comes away better off. In other words, getting the results you want while making the other person feel genuinely good about themselves, about the situation, and about you. Ah, uh, yeah, it's well put. Well put. And looking forward to it. Is that, I got a hard date? Is that April 10th look good? Is that, yeah, uh, absolutely. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm going to be definitely, on April 10th, I'll be buying that on uh, Amazon. So uh, looking forward to that. So again, um, again, you're listening to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. If you're just joining us here, we're, we've been talking with Bob Berg the, from the uh, co-author of the book, The Go-Giver. And the topic is The Go-Giver Way to Sustainable Success. And we're going to be uh, br- uh, coming back with Bob to uh, uh, ask a few more questions on our final leg. And if you have any questions, you're, fil- you're welcome to leave them at the Sustainable Success 2017 Facebook page. We will make sure to make sure they're addressed. So uh, feel free to come by and drop a question. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses 
Manage the problem, but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Again, we're here with Bob Bird, the Go-Giver. Uh, we're talking about the Go-Giver way to sustainable success. So, Bob, early on we were we, we addressed the question of the five laws, but we just talked about the first two. Can you, can you shed a little bit more insight on the remaining five laws for the listeners from the book. Sure. Um, we, we talked about law number one, law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Law number two is the follow-up to that, which is the law um, of compensation. This one says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, uh, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. This is uh, what um, Nicole Martin in the story told Joe, the protege, that law number one, the law of value, as important as it is, that represents only your potential income. It's not enough to just provide exceptional value to one person. Law number two represents your actual income because that's how many lives you're able to impact. 
And so that's very important, which is why building a referral-based business is so important because with referrals, it's easier to set the appointment. Uh, it's much easier to go in selling on value rather than price, which we talked about earlier. It's so much easier to complete the transaction because you're going in on borrowed trust or what we call vicarious experience. And with referred prospects, they're typically of the mindset that that's how you do business because that's how they met you. So, um, uh, you know, law number two is very important because it's also, it's that, it's, it's how many people were able to reach out to with that value. Now, law number three, the law of influence, says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, you know, to some people, this might sound Pollyanna-ish, right? But you think about it, the greatest leaders, the top influencers, the, the most profitable salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking for ways to make it about that other person to bring value to others. Now, very quickly, I just want to qualify that statement because this, this can easily yeah. be, you know, confused, I think. Um, when we say place the other person's interests first, we we don't mean you should be anyone's doormat. We don't mean you should be a martyr. We don't mean you should be self-sacrificial. Absolutely not at all. It's simply that as, as Joe, the protege, learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like and trust. Well, there's there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by genuinely and authentically moving from what we would call an I focus or me focus to an other focus. And or or as as Sam put it, what he said to Joe, it's making your win all about the other person's win. And to the degree you do that and develop a reputation for doing that, that's the degree that you really begin to have people having your back. These are your personal walking ambassadors. These are the people who feel an investment in your success. Um, law number four is the law of authenticity. This one says that you're... Oh, I love that one. Oh, thank you. It, it, it says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And this was brought up in the story by Deborah Davenport, who shared a very important lesson, and that is all the skills in the world, the, uh, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are. And indeed, they are all very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Now, when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. They tend to know you and like you and trust you. They're much more likely to want to be in a relationship with you, to do business with you, and to refer you to others. What what keeps a lot of people from showing up authentically is... I think more than anything, it's a lack of self-confidence. It's a lack of understanding the magnificent value they do bring to the table. And the one reason why that is such a, a thing, if you will, is because as human beings, it can be very, very difficult for us to objectively look at our strengths 
and understand why they're different. Because yeah, as human beings, we, we, we tend to see the world again in a certain way, and we tend to think that our experiences are other people's experiences. And that's why, again, having a coach like yourself, having a mentor such as you, it can be so important because as, he, as human beings, we need someone who you know, cares about us but isn't so emotionally close to us that they yeah. can't see you know, the forest for the trees as well. So, you know, it's important. So, so part of being authentic is being able to understand our, our weaknesses, certainly, but also understand our strengths, zeroing in on those strengths, how we communicate what I call market value. That is that, that you know, that combination of strengths, traits, talents, characteristics that allows us to bring value to the marketplace in a way uh, for which we'll be compensated. Uh, and then the, the fifth law is the law of receptivity. And this one, you remember we talked earlier about how the, the law of value is the foundational yes. principle. Well, this one, the law of yep. receptivity, this is sort of the one that brings it home. Because without this one, it doesn't matter how much value you give. If you're not allowing yourself to receive, it's going to be all for naught. And that's why we say the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. See, and this yes. means nothing more than, you know, understanding that as human beings, we we breathe out and we breathe in. It's not one or the other. And uh, uh, the the world gives us these messages and they're they're not mixed messages, they're horribly negative messages about prosperity and about money and about wealth and you know if you watch the news enough or you you watch pretty or listen to most people you'll kind of think wow anyone who's successful financially must have done something wrong right <laughs> and it's a message that gets into people's heads and it keeps people from being as receptive as they should be and so what we like people to know is giving and receiving are not opposite concepts not at all they're simply two sides of the very same coin, uh, and they very work. Very good, hand. great point. Uh. Thank you. And you know, it's 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 really it's not a matter of are you a giver or a receiver. No, you're a giver and a receiver. receiver. But you know that the way life works is that the giving comes first. So your focus is on the giving, and then you allow the receiving. Yeah, because if you if you close down the receiving, you block the flow. You know, exactly. so what you yeah. give, which makes it so important. That is such a great point. And so again, listeners, I want you to take note of that. Write that down. Go back and listen to it. Uh, these are the five laws that that Bob has just went over with you, and that was such a valuable point about giving comes first, but the receiving process is just a, a, another part of that giving. It's not separate. They're not opposite. So we have to be we have to be able to receive as well as that we give, but giving comes first. So important. Thank you, Bob, for that information. Uh, Bob, I wanted to you know when you in the book you made an interesting point. I think we should spend some time on. You say that the go giver philosophy is totally congruent with human nature. Well, that could be looked at in many ways, not all of them positive. Can you explain that? Yeah, well, you know, you think about it, human nature is like like anything, any other kind of nature. It's like physical nature. It's understanding, the, it's the laws of physics. It's, it's, it's unbending. And I remember Bob Proctor saying that with any laws of nature, you, there are three choices, uh, or, or two real choices. You can embrace these laws, or you can deny them, but you can never alter them. And so when we deal with people, 
people, other human beings, we've got to understand that there are laws of human nature, and we've got to to honor them. Uh, otherwise, we're going to find ourselves very frustrated. We're going to find ourselves disappointed. And and uh, well, let's let's. I think one of the the greatest examples of an understanding of the law of human nature was given by Dale Carnegie in his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. In fact, I thought this one sentence in the book was the foundational premise of his entire book. <laughs> and it's where he wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. Mm. And, yeah, and if we, if we ever forget that, then what we do is we put ourselves in a position of expecting people to do things because we want them to do it, not because they want to do it. And it, it, it just doesn't work that way. So what a great, if you want to say influencer does, or what a great, you know, whoever, any, anyone, who is, any, anyone who needs to move a person gently to a, a, a different decision, a way of thought, a way of doing things, it's to... It's to constantly ask ourselves questions, and, and, and these questions would include, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with, with their needs, their wants, their desires? How does what I'm asking this other person to do, how does it align with their values? And when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully and intelligently, uh, Genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another person into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning their commitment rather than their either resistance or they're doing something out of a sense of compliance, which is never, again, to use your term, sustainable. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow, great stuff. Uh, again, for listeners, I mean, all of this information, you're going to be able to listen on demand as well. So we highly encourage you to listen to this show more than once. Uh, Bob, one of the principles in the book is influence. And this is a big thing that's important to me. Obviously, we're on the Voice America Influencers channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does a go-giver create influence both personally and in business? Well, you know, on a on a on a on a macro level, you know, we we could say that that while influence has something to do with with what we say, we know that what we say is not nearly as important as as what we do. But I take it a step further and say that what we say and what we do is not nearly important as who we are, and who we are is where character comes into play. Character. It comes from an old Greek word meaning scrape or scratch. It it came Mm -hmm. to mean an engraved marking and eventually a defining quality. Now, if if one were to wax poetic, one could say that character is what happens when life etches or scratches itself onto the soul. Uh, And that would be true, but I'm not particularly poetic. So I I would go more with a defining quality or or perhaps more accurately, um, the sum total of all one's qualities is their defining quality or their character, Chris. And it's interesting that that with people of high character, they tend to stand for something, and what's more, we tend to always know exactly where they stand. Now, this does not for a minute mean that people with high character don't make mistakes. Of course they do. It doesn't mean they don't course correct. Absolutely they do. And it doesn't mean that they're not flexible when it, terms to, 
when it comes to strategy. Sure, they yeah. are. Uh, they're flexible in terms of strategy, but when it comes to those values-based decisions, they are absolutely immovable, immutable, and unchangeable. And that's why we respect them. That's why we will follow them. And that's why we will allow them to influence us. Wow, that is powerful, powerful stuff. We want to thank uh, Bob. Bob, we, we are so grateful to have you on the show today and everything that you've shared with us. Uh, you know, the Go Giver. If uh, you know, read it again. Um, Bob, where can our listeners find you? What are you currently working on, and where can they find you uh, to get your your information? Sure. Well, the big thing is the the new book, which is The Go-Giver Influencer, and John, David, Mann, and I are very excited about that coming up on April 10th. Uh, People can get information on that as well as the other books, and with all our books, they can get uh, the first couple of chapters just by going to the website and scrolling down, and that website's The Go-Giver, without the hyphen, thegogiver.com, and they can pretty much find everything there that they'd like, including the podcast, the blog, the uh, uh, everything on social media, and so forth. Wow, this is great stuff. You got any uh, events or speaking engagements coming up? You know, most of what I do in terms of speaking, are, are they tend to be at corporate events and organizational gotcha. events, so they're not public events. We do a few times a year hold what we call the Go-Giver Sales Academy, and those are limited to just 10 people. It takes place over two days, so we go really, really deep into people's businesses, and uh, those are a lot of fun. So you can find information uh, on the site there as well for that. Okay, that's great. That's great. You're doing some great stuff, and then all these principles... Are, are fantastic. Thank you. I mean, a lot of our stuff is so congruent. I'm so glad mm-hmm. to be connected with you as a as an influencer. So again, we want to thank uh, Bob Berg for joining us. And we also want to thank you guests for joining us today each and every week to obtain these valuable words of wisdom that we have from our experts that uh, we have each week. Again, you can find us on the Sustainable Success Facebook page uh, at Sustainable Success 2017, we encourage you to take advantage of it to listen to on-demand episodes and to post any questions that you have from any of these episodes so that we can make sure our guests and myself will get back to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Great. And everyone have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.